Well, good morning, saints. Thank you, uh, Ashley, for pre-opping the message. Because the title of the message is Cultivating Intimacy with Papa God. I think many times we get Father's Day and we preach on how Father's supposed to do this and do that and the natural Father. But um, it's such an amazing joy to have a relationship first with Jesus and then with our Heavenly Father. And I'm going to go over that in a minute, how we can call Him. But it's also subtitled, Father Knows Best. Now, some of us older ones, I see the smiles on your face. How many know what I'm talking about in the TV series? That's pretty good. Back in the 50s, they had a TV series named Father Knows Best, which was with Jim and Margaret Anderson. And you women are going to be so excited when I explain the opening scene. And you men are going to be going, yes. And actually, the women will probably have steam coming out of their ears. Because as he walked in the door with his suit on at 5 o'clock, she, Margaret, was standing there waiting for him with a beautiful dress, pearls, apron, and heels. And this is the, every day, say, Molly already knows. Because that's what she does at home. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so he's coming in the door and the kids are running down the steps and he walks in and she takes his suit coat off. And then she gives him his smoking jacket. She hands him the paper. Here, honey, sit down. He sits. He has the paper, the kids, his pipe, and the dog. And the dog comes up and lays his head on his feet. What a scene. I mean, guys, come on. I think some of you need to be born again, you ladies. And and we need to push the refresh button on the computer. And you need to step it up. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think, Ira? I mean, no, okay. Well, I thought maybe we could see how in a generation things can change. And, uh, but truly, I, I said that because as I got the message together, those words just came to me. You're a good, good God all the time. Father knows best. And so whatever happens in our life as we go through this message, please remember and know, regardless of the circumstance, Papa knows best, and he's got our back, okay? Now, I've got to have some fundamental and foundational theology that I'm going to share with you before we go into the meat of the, of the message. And one of them is the two words are called explicit and implicit. When we come to theology and knowledge, In the Word, there's some explicit things that if you're a real born-again believer, you're a Christian, you must adhere to. Did you hear what I said? You must. They're the essentials of our faith, the Trinity, eternity, heaven, hell, crucifixion, resurrection, bodily resurrection. These are the things that are explicit. Now, when I say the next ones, some of you may hunker down and do this, clench your jaw, because... I'm going to say that some people speak in tongues and some in don't. That's implicit. It's not essential for you to get to heaven on speaking in tongues. 
and some people do. And some, so you have the liberty and the freedom to implicitly, some people get ready, hang on, seatbelts. Some get baptized with sprinkling and some with dunking. And we adhere to what we call baptized immersion. But I know people that were sprinkled and they're no less saved. Now, I know some denominations say if you're not immersed, you're not saved. We won't even go to that. But that's why I'm saying it's so important. How many in here we know, and I know privately, that some of you would wish we would do more solemn hymns. And it'd be, and it's okay because that's your preference. But that's not the essential because some of us love the contemporary Christian music. Some of us put our hands up and some don't. That doesn't make you more or less of a believer. Do you understand that? It's just preference and implicit. And so what I'm going to teach you right now is explicit. And it's regarding the Trinity. But I want to go over one more thing. Names and titles. I went to an African-American church one time, and I was talking about Papa God. And boy, someone came up to me and said, isn't that irreverent? And I went, not to me, because I, I reverence him. But Romans 8.15 says that we have been adopted as sons, particularly us Gentiles, where we can call him Abba, Abba Father. The Greek word literally means Daddy or Papa. So it's biblical. And I'll tell you why. For years I called him Father. I'm going to show you in a few minutes like this. Father? But now I call him Papa. Because there's, there's a completeness in that. So let me give you the same thing. And again, this is options. Don't feel like I'm, I'm saying you have to do this to be more spiritual. But who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords say? Boy, you guys are really. You know your theology, I'm telling you. Say the full, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Now, many of us growing up in the denomination use the word Christ more than we use the word Jesus. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But as I give this message, I would like to encourage you, Christ is his title. Jesus is his name. When it says in Philippians 2, he's the name above all names, the word Christ means anointed one. Messiah. Again, hear me. That doesn't mean you're wrong if you use Christ. But for me, it, in fact, in the Philippines in 1975, we were at an eldership leadership meeting in the Air Force Chapel. And one sister passed me a note during, as the meeting was coming to a close. And it, the note said, My calling and title is Redeemer and Messiah, but my name is Jesus. And when you work with casting demons out or you do anything, you finish it in Jesus' name. Philippians 2, the name above every name. I'm giving you that option because it kind of gives that. And, and what you're going to get here today is I'm a relational guy. And because of that, the foundation and the cornerstone of Christianity is not knowledge, it's relationship. You're going to see that just in a second. 
It's not knowledge, but relationship. So in the New Testament, when it says God, you can imagine how many times it says God, 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 capital G. The Greek word theos there literally means God, but when it's a, it means the Father. There's sometimes in the New Testament it says God the Son, and it says God the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm talking about the Trinity. Co-equal. Now, I'm going to give you two big words. Some of you will just throw it out. Others may embrace it. There are some denominations that are in the minority, if I even call them a denomination, that look at the Trinity in a different way that we in Orthodox theology. And the Holy Spirit gave me two terms for this. It just helps me. One's called manifestational Trinitarian, and the other's called personificational Trinitarian. And I know you just were so hopped up to hear that. Do I could wait to hear that. But let me show you. The oneness church, if I may, it's an essential belief that there's only one God. His name is Jesus. But he manifests himself as the Father at times, and he manifests himself as the Holy Spirit at times. But there's only one God, Jesus. Well, one of the problems I have is when Jesus got baptized. He was a ventriloquist. This is my beloved son, and who I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit goes flutter, flutter, flutter. I'm sorry, I should that that was condescending. But what I want to say to you is the beauty of the Trinity is the personification, individuality, three persons in one God. And if you say to me, Oh, I understand that, no, you don't. The finite mind cannot handle Trinity or eternity. It's an infinite, it's an eternal concept, and God's eternal. So the only way you believe in what I'm telling you today is by faith. Not by understanding, but by faith. And that's how we enter into the kingdom. Isn't that true? God gives a gift to us called faith, and we enter into the kingdom. So as we go through this, I want to say to you now that the Old Testament really kind of focus more on God the Father. Would you agree on that? God the Father. There's about six times in the Old Testament that we have a theophany, and it's called a special appearance by Jesus, who wasn't named Jesus then. Second person of the Trinity that shows up in the theophany about six times so that before the incarnation. So God the Father had this plan. Jesus was at the creation with the Holy Spirit. A couple times the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the Old Testament. Now let's shift gears. The New Testament, hear me, is totally focused on Jesus. Jesus must be preeminent today. Even as I give you this message about getting intimate and getting close to Papa God, you never forsake Jesus. He's got, to, as I be lifted up, what? I will draw him into me. Jesus said that. And in the New Testament, Jesus continually refers to his Father. And this is what I love. Watch. Father loves the Son who loves the Holy Spirit, who loves the Son, who loves the Father. And they work in concert. And there is a chain of command, but no less authority. Now, I was going to say to you, do you understand that? You should say, no. That's the way it is. God the Father gave orders. Jesus said, I'm here. I'll do it. 
Holy Spirit said, and I'll be the empowerer. By the way, I call the Holy Spirit the silent partner in the firm. I'm telling you, he never, ever brings attention to himself. The Holy Spirit's job till Jesus returns is point to Jesus, point to Jesus. And for you to get to know Father God, Papa, no human being can come to Papa unless the Holy Spirit draw him. And you can't get to the Holy, you can't get to the Father without going through whom? Jesus. Boy, y'all got your theology down. This is great. Now, my life's verse is Philippians 3:10. Now, those who have been with me for 30 and 40 years, they probably have that underlined and did it so many times at the church. But here it is. That I, Paul said, that I may know him, the power's resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Boy, y'all were pumped on this. Being conformed to his death, that I may know him. And there's two no's in the Greek. One is to have knowledge of, and the other is to know. You ready? Adam knew Eve. I think most of you got that. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Be gone from me, I never knew you. Not knowledge of, but what? Relationship. You're related with him. Okay, so, let's see if we're at that point. Yes. Okay, team, come on up. As they're coming up, don't look at them. Listen to me. Come on up. Come on. Come on, Father God. Come right here. You're right here. Okay. Squirrel, you're over there. Mackenzie, you're next. Let's see. After that, we've got... Oh. No. Girl, you're between my daughter. I mean, my granddaughter. Good. No, you're next to Papa God. Okay, we're going to... Bishop, move over, Mary. John, you're the priest, so you're between Mackenzie... Hey, Bo, come here. Move over a little bit more. Put the Pope here between. Now... I'm going to make this very clear to you. I was brought up in the Catholic Church. I have much gratitude in all the years. Every one of these positions uh, sewn into my life. This is not to disparage anything about the Catholic faith. This, in fact, much of my foundation came in 12 years of Catholic school. But a number of years ago, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. And what are you going to do? I love when I get a vision because if the Holy Spirit gives it, it's got life to it. And so he showed me real quick. Kirkland's representing me. Jan's of my mama. Okay. This is Sister Mary McKenzie. None. This is Father John. This is the bishop. This is... Wait a minute, you're Mary, you're over there. Come here, Pope. This is Pope John the 24th. <laughs> because one of my favorite popes was Pope John the 23rd. And so, you're Pope John. This is Mary, Jesus' mother. Jesus, 
Don't you get any ideas. <laughs> and Papa God. Now, the reason I got Mike is when I stand in front and give you this example, I don't obliterate him. He's, uh, <laughs> you cannot hide Papa God. You know, he's, he's just there. Okay, here's the vision he gave me. I was over here. And in order, the scripture said there's only one mediator between man and And who is it? Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. But as I grew up, this is my personal perception. I don't want to, it has nothing to do with the Catholic faith. This is me. As I grew up, I'm squirrel. I would look down the line. And I would have to go through Mama. And then I'd go to school and go through Sister Mary McKenzie. And then the priest would have access. And then the bishop. Now, I have to tell you, there's one position in there. Bishop to cardinal to pope. But the cardinal didn't have a whole lot of impact in my life. So then we go to Pope John the 24th. Then we go to Mary. Then we go to Jesus. I literally, most of my life, would have to go through all of them to get to Jesus and Papa. Do you understand that? Is this clear to you? So I'm kind of looking like, and Papa God was like, whoa. And Jesus was like, please, Jesus, please have mercy on me. Of course, my mother would take care of that. She thought she was Holy Spirit Jr. Come <laughs> and I'll kill you. But So, every one of these played. Now watch this. I was over here. Step forward a little bit. And Father God told everybody out there. He said, hey, look, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the earth stood up and clapped. Father God was doing I never pictured Father God smiling. He used to be sitting there like, mm. <laughs> do you follow me? Like, mm. I said, oh, that is so wonderful. And then he went, come here, Common, in Bostonian. Come here. He said, everybody, this is my other son in whom I am well pleased. Do you get it? I just wept. It was like, yes, they had a play, but I have direct access through Jesus to get the Father. And man, that set me so much freer than I was before. Thank you all. You did a great job. Appreciate it. Now, don't let it go to your head, any of y'all. <laughs> okay, precious saints. That visual. I mean, I guess the reason I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to give this today is in case some of us never had this access or even this concept. I don't know about you, but Father God has so much to give us. He's such a good God. And, and, and this, so when I went to Jesus in Philippians 3.10, I developed this amazing relationship over the years. Because I really got to know him in 1953 when I got saved. He was my Savior for a number of years until 1975. Then I got to meet the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus then became my Lord. And I don't know if anybody you know, there's a difference between Savior and Lord. 
But God's great. And from that moment on, it didn't mean I'm more perfect or better. It just gave me a whole new vista that no longer do I have the power to be sanctified. It's His Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit loves to point to Jesus. So, I want to, as I finish out now with some verses, the first one is not going to be on the screen. I want you, if you will, turn just for a moment to John 5, verse 26, and the rest are going to be on the screen. John chapter 5, verse 26. Please, I hope you tuck these into your spirit, man. For just as the Father has life in Himself, even so He, Papa God, gave to the Son also to have life in Himself. So what I'm trying to convey to you today is there's no difference in the Spirit, the power, the co-equalness of the Trinity. All have life, all have authority, all have revelation. There is a chain of command that they are the same. In John 14, it's not even my notes, Jesus said, I must go so that another just like me is going to come. That word another literally means allos in the Greek means identical. Someone just like me. And the reason I must go is so he can come and do the work that Papa has for us. Do you get that? So there's an amazing plan in the Trinity. And it's been going on. No one's going to thwart it. No one's going to thwart the plan. No matter what you see out there and you think's in control, Papa God is sitting on his throne. And Jesus is at his right hand. And he didn't slip one single bit. He's not slipping off the By the way, you want good news? You're seated there with him if you're born from above. Remember it says in Ephesians 2, we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Mamma mia, that's so great. So, now, in 1992, the church I had, the overseers of my church, removed me from the church. There wasn't biblical grounds, and there really wasn't any good grounds, but it was like Joseph being thrown in the pit. And so I sojourned to Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and I was during a sabbatical. Elaine got a job first before I did. I was helping doing salvage work, but I was sitting in my dining room, and I said, Lord, I feel so forsaken, so empty, nothing, no calling, I mean, all these years I've been serving you, serving your sheep. It was just like, excuse me, in, in Italian, it's like, abubats. We have no, it's worthless. And the Holy Spirit showed up in that dining room. I, I sensed his presence so overwhelming. And he said, go back and look at Isaiah 53.10. So please, let's go to Isaiah 53.10. It says, but the Lord, I don't know what your translations, the Lord, meaning Father, was pleased to, do you see, I have, some of you may have the word bruised. How many in here have the word bruised in your translation? It's not the best rendering. It's an accurate, but not the best. 
It literally means crushed him, putting Jesus to grief. Here's the way it really reads. But Father God was pleased to crush Jesus, putting Jesus to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and he will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of Father God will prosper in his hand. Let me show you something, saints. When it says crushed, some of you who in here, I was going to say ladies, but there may be more than ladies. In a pharmacy, I worked many, many years ago, I worked in a pharmacy. Does anybody know what this is? Okay, this is a mortar and a pistol. And it's not Carson's kind of mortar, and it's not a pistol. And what happens is you take grains or medicine, and what do you do? You put it in because it's marble, and watch, you crush it to powder. Not... None of us in here can comprehend this. My heart's beating right now. The Father God was pleased to crush His faith, His Son, His precious Son, Jesus, for our sakes so that we could be set free and spend eternity with Him. He took Jesus and He crushed Him to powder. And that's what happened on Calvary. That's why Jesus was going to be separated. That's why He... He was sweating blood. It was the most horrific thing he could ever go through. And Father God mandated it. And Jesus said, yes, let's go through it. So that you and I can spend eternity as his offspring. You know, we call Jesus our Lord and Savior, but do we not call him our brother? Well, if I call him my brother, and he's my brother, we have the same Papa. We have the same Father. It's an amazing concept, but it gives us how Father God and Jesus was so merciful to, to save us. Do you understand? Redeem. Okay, quickly, let's go to Zephaniah 3. Now, this is an intimacy that I want to share with you. Some of you may not get this and may not like it. You'll say, ooh, I don't want to go there. But let's do Zephaniah 3. And we start with what verse? 14. Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. And the King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. And you will fear no disaster. Watch. And that day it will be said to Jerusalem. By the way, we're the new Jerusalem. Okay. Do not be afraid, O Zion. Do not let your hands fall limp. Watch 17. Remember, I'm relational. (laughs) The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. In the Hebrew, it literally means that he dances. I never would ever think that Papa would dance over me until I got into his presence and I was complete. But Elaine used to remember, you don't even know I'm bringing this up, you sit on the front porch and you think about dancing with Father God. And Jesus, we, he, you could become so intimate. And I picture this, I'm sorry if you get all, I picture his big robe 
and just dancing over us, rejoicing, having joy over us. I don't know about you, but that sure gives me assurance and insecurity. I sense the love. Now, how's our New Testament one to match this? Let's go. We only have two more verses and we're done. Luke chapter 15. And it says, where are we? 17. 15, 17. But when he came to his senses, obviously, who are we talking about here? Prodigal son. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Before I give you the next verse, in the summer of 85, I think it was, CJ came to me on a Saturday. I already had my message prepared. And he said, Dad, I got a new song for you. Now, excuse me, worship team, don't take this wrong. But some of those songs coming out then, res band and... You know what I'm talking about. I mean, they do a good squirrel. And that, I mean, but I said to him, CJ, is that a ram, ram, ram? And he said to me, there's some of it in there, Dad. But I promise you, you want to hear this. And the name of this song is When God Ran. Watch. Verse 20. And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And he felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Do you know in that culture in those days, he had to pick up. He he would have to pick up so he could run. And they didn't run. It was beneath him. He said, no way. My son's returned. And he picked it up. And just like in Zephaniah, the same father that dances over us, is this Papa God. And he ran to him. And he grabbed him and kissed him. You see, that's the way our father has done to us. If you are born again, he came to you. No one comes to the father except through by the Holy Spirit, through Jesus. And that's what he wants us to It's just another blessing and benefit of having a relationship with Jesus that we now can have a fresh and new relationship with Papa. Here's our last one. It's pretty theological, but hang in there. This is it. I'm closing. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. You ready? God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, many ways, And these last days has spoken to us in whom? His Son, who is Jesus, whom He appointed heir of all things. He, Father God, appointed Him. And they're both co-equal. All things through whom He also had made the world. Now watch verse 3. And He, Jesus, is the radiance of the Father's glory. And the exact representation of the Father's nature. And upholds all things by the word of His power. And when He, Jesus, had made purification of sins, He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels, and He has inherited a more excellent name than they. Oh, my gosh. Let me give you what this means in the Greek. 
the outraying literally means that Jesus outraised light and power. He missed it. You know, when the moon and the sun, when you see moonlight, what are you seeing? Say it again. You're mumbling in tongues. Say it again. You see the sunlight. It's a reflection. Well, do you remember when Philip said, Jesus, can we, will you show us? And he went, oy vey. I think that's in it. But anyway. Oy vey. If you see, you see Papa. This is what this is talking about. Now, I, when I give this sometimes in a congregation or I'm ministering this to couples and stuff, I say, see, here's a little example. Your children are a reflection of you. Ouch. <laughs> Sometimes, oh, you love it. Woohoo! Acting, singing, balls. And then they go and become a damic. I did not cuss. That's A-D-M-A-I-C. They become natural and they do natural things. And we go, but did you ever notice what Romans 2 says? The very thing you see in someone else and you can't stand is in you. Maybe I should quit now. I'm serious. Isn't it amazing? The direct reply. But with Jesus and Papa, i.e. Alice, the same. Amazing light. Amazing power. That's the that's the God. That's the Father. So, I don't know how much this meant to you, but I would encourage you. You don't have to work at this or anything. Just be aware of it and say, Jesus, will you take me to Papa? And let's develop. But what's my one red flag to you? Don't ever forsake Jesus and say, okay, I've arrived. It's just me and Papa now. It's always I love the Holy Spirit. I speak to Him. I love Jesus. I love Papa God. But Jesus always remains preeminent. Are you good with that? Let me pray. Lord, there's no way except by the power of the Holy Spirit that whatever I've said today can touch people's hearts or ears. Only you, Holy Spirit, can do that. But I really exhort and encourage the saints to possibly either renew or start a fresh relationship with our Papa God who knows best. I thank you for this, Lord. I bless you. I praise you. Gosh, what benefits we have in the kingdom with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please, in Jesus' name, make us aware of this daily. And we give you all the honor and glory. And the saints said... If you want to come up here in the two families, the Selman and the Dows, please come up, get prayed for, and I'll close out after the song. Maybe you want to come up and meet Papa God for the first time or renew, so come on.